Hello and welcome to this special edition of Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. This week we revisit a conversation I had with pro-life advocate Rebecca Kiesling, who was conceived when her mother was raped. And we also hear from Father Stan Fortuna. We have a few, actually three conversations that I had with Father Stan that we will rebroadcast. So if you're his fan, this is the show for you. We will have those a little later. But we begin with a opening commentary from June 2009. It's June 13th, and I can't keep my thoughts on this whole Christopher West thing to myself any longer. Okay, let me back up. Who's Christopher West, you ask? He's the guy who has made John Paul II's Theology of the Body accessible to everyone in the English-speaking world. His books, lectures, and workshops on the revolutionary theology of the body have brought thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands, to more fully understand Catholic teaching on sex, marriage, love, and relationships. More than that, I'd say that thanks to Christopher West, hundreds of thousands are now living the theology of the body. I think JP2 would be pleased. And many were pleased when Christopher West was interviewed on ABC's Nightline several weeks ago. What better press than that? Except that after the interview aired, West had become the newest Catholic to be martyred at the hands of the secular media. The controversy? Well, partly, it was that Nightline claimed that West hailed both JP2 and Hugh Hefner as his heroes. Except Christopher West never said that. We don't know what he said because that part never aired. But those who've taken West's workshops are familiar with the whole Hugh Hefner bit. Christopher West says he feels sorry for Hugh Hefner and that he feels his pain. He does agree that Hefner was attempting to fill a void, except that he did it the wrong way. The right approach was the approach of John Paul II. There were a few other misquotes and a few more elements of the controversy, but here's my take. And I'm not an expert on Christopher West. I haven't read all his books, but I know my theology of the body quite well. Those who have read every book West has written, they know the truth. Those who are critical of him probably haven't read all his books. And if the scripture passage that says that by their fruits you will know them means anything, then Christopher West's work is sound. The fruits are many. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. You're listening to a special edition of Salt and Light Radio. That was an opening commentary from June 2009. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Father Stan Fortuna, with his song for John Paul II, Cell 91. Nobody ever thought that he would be the one The Holy Ghost was working more power 
louder than the microwave Something big going down in St. Peter's Conclave A song from Poland, from the Eastern Bloc Nobody knew his name, it's time for him to lead the flock A mystic man of deep prayer who knows how to seek and knock What a shock, a Polak, living large on the rock Father Stan Fortuna with his song Cell 91. We will be rebroadcasting three conversations that I've had with Father Stan over the years. One in particular about his love for John Paul II, so stick around. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. This is Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org, and our blog can be read at saltandlighttv.org/slash blog. Coming up is a conversation with pro life advocate. Rebecca Kiesling from September 2009. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. A few years ago, I had the pleasure of listening to a pro-life speaker who really made me think about our ideas about abortion very differently. And I'm very happy to welcome to Salt and Light Radio pro-life, pro-adoption speaker and attorney, Rebecca Kiesling, who was conceived when her mother was raped. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio, Rebecca. 
Thank you. So, t- tell us about the circumstances of your conception. Well, I learned about these details when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And my birth mother um, was abducted. She was just heading to the grocery store down the street from her home, and a serial rapist um, jumped out of the bushes and dragged her to a field. And then she basically described for me how she was brutally raped, and that's how I was conceived. So this is this is not the most usual uh, date rape uh, circumstance. This was no, a, I mean a, a horrible experience. I, I guess what some would say this was a worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, and and uh, what some people say also is that it's actually quite unusual to become pregnant after a, a, a situation like that. Is that correct, or? It is, though there are many of us (laughs) alive today. Yes, because, or uh, who were conceived through rape? Because that's not very common. I mean, we don't hear. I think you were the first person that I had heard um, who who openly spoke about their conception because of rape. Now on my website, I actually have a page dedicated to stories of people who were conceived in rape and women who became pregnant out of rape. Yes. Along with some of the statistical information. Right. And it, it is a lot more common than you think. Yeah, I guess it's not the kind of thing that people go around sharing with, uh, with just anybody. How yeah. do you feel? How do you feel when you hear people say that abortion should be uh, legal I- only in cases of rape or incest? You know, that seems to be like the argument. Only in cases of rape or incest. It hurts. (laughs) It really hurts. I mean, that is my life that people just so flippantly talk about. And I know that people think that that is the compassionate position to take. But it's really pretty cold-hearted from my perspective. Because, again, that's my life that they're talking about. Right, so you you would see that as as a death sentence. Oh, yeah. I mean, my birth mother went to two back alley abortionists, and I was almost aborted. Mm-hmm. And really, the only reason I'm alive today is because of pro-life advocates who, without even knowing of my existence, recognized that mine was a life worth saving. And they made sure abortion was illegal in Michigan at that time, even in cases of rape. And how do you... I mean, I, I think it's easier, for, uh, it's easier for you to have this conversation because it's such a personal thing for you. But someone like me, and I'm a guy, and I always, always feel like, like men, men are not given permission to have an opinion about abortion. So what you, is know, so you know what I hear from college students is that they ask me, what do I say? You know, these, these girls on campus will say, well, exactly. you know, you don't have a womb, you'll never be pregnant, so you have no say. Exactly. And I tell them, you know, your response would, would be, you were never targeted for abortion, so you have no say. I mean, right. you know, I was targeted for abortion, and there were all, there's all these other people who are targeted for abortion, and they don't have anybody speaking for them. So when someone says to me, well, I think abortion should be illegal except in cases of rape, think of the poor woman who was raped, what should I respond, other than saying, I'd like you to talk to my friend Rebecca, <laughs> <laughs> what can I say to those people? Well, first of all, you know, acknowledge that I, I understand you want to be a person of compassion, and you think that that is the compassionate position to take. But, you know, it's really not at all compassionate for people who were conceived in rape. I mean, to say that their life was garbage, that they weren't worthy of living, that their life was not 
worthy of protection and when they saving. and when they say well that 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 child you know it, it's just a, uh, a bunch of cells they wouldn't even know whether they were alive or not then what do we respond to that well we do know that they're alive I mean, even in fertility clinics, I learned this when I had the frozen embryo case in Michigan, you know, even at one cell, the doctors acknowledged that they are living human beings. Mm-hmm. They were able to go in a day after they, you know, introduced the egg and the sperm. They went in to see how many had been created, mm-hmm. and they can't create it. It's still created by God, but they went in to see how many embryos were created, and then they had to ascertain which ones were alive and which ones were dead. Uh-huh. I mean, they can literally tell which embryos are living and which are dead. They right. are living human beings. So the medical profession acknowledges that, that uh, after conception, there is life, and it's a human life. Yeah, they're not inanimate objects, and they're not dead. No. They're living, and they are human. No, yeah. Just a note for anyone who might be joining the program now. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and we're speaking with Rebecca Kiesling. She's a pro-life, pro-adoption speaker um, who was conceived uh, during rape. Now, Rebecca... Um, uh, and, and let me add one more thing about the compassion yeah? issue. Is that it's not even compassionate for the woman. All of the major research that's been done shows that the women who give birth, whether they place for adoption or parent, are far more better off. They express that there was something very healing of having something beautiful come out of something very awful. But the ones who have the abortion are far worse off. They have a higher murder rate because the abortion helps perpetuate abusive relationships, higher yeah. rate of suicide, drug overdose, domestic violence, divorce, broken relationships, depression, suicide, and on and on. Yeah. But people don't do the research. They just assume yes. that she would be better off. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, to ask you about that exactly, and I'm sure that you and your birth mother had spoken about this. Yeah, and when I've heard you tell your story, you talk about how being conceived in rape is actually a story of hope. Why is that? Mm. Well... I suppose if I can overcome learning that I was conceived in rape, then uh, other people can realize their value. I mean, speaking to, uh, at high school assemblies, speaking to students pretty regularly, one thing I I hear from students is that they feel worthless for Mm -hmm. a variety of reasons because of the way they look or because of their grades or they don't excel in sports. They're just not meeting the success model that's set up by our society. Right. Or their parents have put them down and other people have put them down and they feel worthless. Right. And so I am able to explain to them that what I learned, that my value is not based upon those things Mm -hmm. and that I'm not worthless, I'm priceless. (laughs) And so are you. Yes. Based on the fact that we're created by God, we're children of God, we're... And that, that, you know what? Jesus paid an infinite price for our lives, didn't he? Yes, he did. The price has already been paid. Now, Rebecca, you're going to be here in Canada, uh, in a couple places, in Kitchener for the kickoff to the 40 Days for Life campaign, in Kitchener and in Toronto. Can you tell us a little bit about the 40 Days for Life event? Uh, It's something that our listeners are familiar with, but maybe a a reminder. uh, Mm -hmm. What is the event and and what's its significance? Well, 
the 40 days actually commences on September 23rd. So I'll be speaking at a kickoff rally on the 21st in Kitchener and the 22nd in Toronto. And it is, um, well, there's one location that's 24 hours, and there's also another location that's not. But it's, it's intended to be complete coverage at abortion clinics. Um, prayer and fasting, a quiet vigil, and um, you know, just to take a stand. And it is going on worldwide. Yes. There's a 40daysforlife.com, or is it .org? Oh, I think it's I .com. I think it's .com, com yes. Yes, and then you can... Then find the, the ci- this respective city. So if you are uh, in Kitchener or in Toronto or in a, there's actually seven locations across Canada, Montreal, Fredericton, Winnipeg, and others, and, and all throughout the states as well, you can just fu- go to the website, 40daysforlife.com, and find the city. Um, if you're interested in... Uh, if you're in Kitchener or, or in Toronto and are interested in listening to Rebecca speak, she will be in Kitchener at the kickoff on the 21st. Uh, so that's on Monday, and then the in Toronto on the 22nd, the Tuesday. Um, uh, the event in Toronto is at 7 p.m. at the Canadian Christian College, and that's the and kickoff rally. Sorry, go ahead. And I'll also be at University of Toronto yes. Wednesday night and at University of Waterloo Thursday night. Yeah, so those are two events that are sponsored by the National Campus uh, Life Network, uh, NCLN, and you can get more information about those, Rebecca, at the NCLN website. Um, just people can do a, a, an internet search for NCLN National Campus Life Network in Canada and, and to get more information about that. Rebecca, that's all the time we have. But thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and, and sharing a little bit of your story with us. You know, thanks for defending my life. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's something that we are uh, happy to do. Um, and uh, so we've, we've been hearing from Rebecca Kiesling. She's a pro-life, pro-adoption speaker she's an attorney she's a, a mother of uh, uh five children is it rebecca yes um and a couple of them are adopted so uh th- there's there's a walking the talk right there um if you want to find out more about rebecca and her story you can also go to her website rebecca com. that's rebecca with two c's Kiesling, k-i-e-s-s-l-i-n-g.com but a link to that website is also posted on our website salt and light tv Dot org. Once again, Rebecca, thank you so much for being with us. Okay, thank you so much, Pedro. Hi, I'm Lila Kanya, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. That was a conversation I had with pro-life advocate Rebecca Kiesling, which was first broadcast in September 2009. If you'd like to comment on anything you hear on this program, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, radio at Salt and Light TV. Org. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Coming up is Father Stan Fortuna, and we're playing songs that Father, Stan, that Father Stan has written in honor of John Paul II. So let's go now with an opening commentary from April 2009 as we remember that great Pope. In 1848, Polish poet Julius Slovatsky wrote, Behold he comes, the Slavic Pope, the people's brother. He shall dispense love, health he shall bring, love enkindle, and the world he will save. He wrote this in 1848. This, his poem, A Slavic Pope. The poem today sounds as prophetic when measured against the life and work of Karol Wojtyła, the Pope from the East. Karol Wojtyła, 
who was virtually an unknown to the Roman crowds in St. Peter's Square on the day of his election as Supreme Pontiff. Karol Wojtyla, the poet, the actor, the romantic, the skier, hiker, kayaker, the loner, the pious, the witness and scholar, Karol Wojtyla, pastor, bishop, professor and mystic. Karol Wojtyla, the Pole, Cardinal Archbishop of Krakow, hailed in 1994 as Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Karol Wojtyla, the Holy Father, this man of obdurate steel, described by Vatican spokesman Joaquín Navarro Valls as a body pulled by a soul. Today, April 4th, we remember the Slavic Pope. That was an opening commentary from April 2009. You're listening to a special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Here now is our featured artist, Father Stan Fortuna, speaking about his hero, John Paul the Great. It's no news to those who are familiar with Father Stan Fortuna that his inspiration has always been John Paul II. Father Stan is definitely one of those JP2 priests. He is also a Franciscan friar of the renewal and is mostly known for his rap and jazz music. I had the chance to speak with Father Stan shortly after John Paul's death. Here is that conversation from our Salt and Light archives. Hello, Father Stan. Pedro, how you doing, my brother? I'm, I'm all right. How are you? It's great to have you in the program. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I don't think it's, it's any uh, surprise. Anybody that knows you knows uh, how... Uh, how you, you claim that Pope John Paul II is your hero. You've been very inspired by him. So can you... This, absolutely. Absolutely. This can be a little harder. I'm going to see if you can focus in on one or two things about Pope John Paul II that are the things that have really inspired you. Well, just, just the man himself. I mean, it's his, his response to, to God's call to him, you know, and, and how just how huge his response was and uh, how consistent and how faithful. Like, I mean, right up until the end, and it's just... Right. Relentless. He's, he's relentless, man, right. and he's so focused. He's so focused that it just expanded him, man, to, to be so huge and so wide and, and just so big in his, in his love and in his capacity yeah. to suffer in love. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Now, was he pope when you entered the Franciscans? Yeah, like right around the time of my conversion, you know. Uh, so I his... entered the Capuchins, Capuchins in 1979, so it was like just right after he became pope. And... Uh, and I was right on the threshold of entering when he became pope. So I've been, I've been like, uh, he's been in the center of my scope, you know, since since his election, you know. Right, and, exactly. uh, so these 26 years of his pontificate has just, for me personally, been the preparation to really get me ready now to really go ahead with the real task of of my vocation. He's on the day he died, April 2nd, you know, 2005. I was in Krakow, and that was right. that was like the a birthing, a rebirthing of my vocation. And then yeah. I was just in Poland for. The John Paul II day, they had a huge, massive concert I know, on, on yeah, the 16th. I know. Isn't that amazing that they have a day named after him? Absolutely. And the fact that I was there in Warsaw, Poland, you know, that was the redefining of, the, of my vocation. So, it's a, so I'm just getting started. Um, why do you think that, he, that people write songs about him? What, what, what is that all about? Well, he's just, he's, his, his, whole, his whole person is just such a provocation of, of life, you know, uh, human yeah. life and divine life in, in so many different dimensions and uh, and it just provokes it you know what I mean yeah well let's talk about your song the great one yeah what's uh, and uh, we're, we're gonna be listening it to it while we're talking oh, but cool. it, it's uh, 
Did you? Does this the song end up being what you envisioned? Uh, had you been thinking about writing a song for the Pope? Well, I got like a couple. You know what I mean? I I'm a sacred song too. Yeah. I got I got Cell ninety one, which is like that's a, a right, little bit right. of a pier- piercing into his whole election, and then uh, I got another one I've been working on that's going to come out on Sacred Song three. That's called uh, KW for yes. Carol Botiwa. You know, and yeah. then um, then when I was in w- w- World Youth Day, I was really missing him, and I came up with another one called I'm Loving You. And uh, and then this one, I was in Poland after he died, and I called my friend uh, Bob Lesniewski, Righteous Beat, who's another Catholic rapper, and uh, right. he's been really kind of bugging me to do some kind of collaboration thing, and he's also Polish. So I said to him, I said, yo, man, God gave me this chorus, man, when I was in Krakow, so I, I emailed him the chorus. I said, start up on your verse, because when I get back, man, you're coming to New York, and we're going to do this thing. And uh, so I got the chorus while I was on a bus driving into Krakow. You know, I didn't say, oh, I'd like to write a song for the Pope. Right. You know, it's just, this yeah. is just something that just like exploded in my soul, you know, and the chorus like, yeah, the great one, new inspiration, Poland's revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, spark for everyone, JP, the great one, you know, and um, it's just, uh, it's just the fact of, of how great that, that this guy uh, is, you know, and especially uh, how Jesus, uh, you know, just used him in a magnanimous way, you know. Yeah. Listen, we, we're, we're out of time, but it was great talking to you, and I know you're rushing off to the airport. Uh, so uh, thank you for talking to us. Looking forward uh, to hearing your new song about the Pope. All right, and, thanks. Uh, and keep us posted on when you're going to be around this area again, and we'll get you in the studio, okay? Beautiful, brother. Peace all right. and blessings to all you and to all everybody over there in the studio and everybody who's watching and listening. Thank you very much. Peace to you. Thanks, Pedro. Bless right. you, bro. Bye-bye. Goodbye. And that was Father Stan Fortuna in a conversation that we had shortly after the death of John Paul II. Here now is Father Stan's song, The Great One. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Yeah, the great one, new inspiration, poet's revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, spark for everyone, J.P. the great one. Yeah, the great one, new inspiration, poet's revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, spark for everyone, J.P. the great one. Was it just fake that you can be so great in the midst of Nazi and Cold War hate debates with heads of states while hatred inflates then creates anthropological inmates with truth and love intimidates attempts at freedom that incriminates and legislates laws that exterminates world can't deal with enemies and then you go straight to embassies kings and presidents in your presence they sense new precedents priorities for minorities casting down superiorities one world one love one race in every place you be holding high the population that's booming Protecting, defending the dignity and rights of all Because they human You even said every single person without exception Now we got rats to be 16 with a new papal election Not accepting ideologies based on deception Now that you gone, ain't no time for resting I be counting on your prayers and your blessings yeah, the great one, new inspiration, poet's revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, spark for everyone, J.P. the great one, yeah, the great one, new inspiration, poet's revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, spark for everyone, J.P. the great one. Karaji, yo, young people, be not afraid The grave ain't make them tremble The truth that made a brave Man, enough to seek forgiveness Papa also forgave Nine millimeter bullets in the chest on that day in May 
credit given saying Ave, Ave, Maria Cause she was mama, he was Carol, Otia, Bidet Said he was zealous, he burned out in the day But Jay, sat like Flint, blazed the path for the faithful The cross was his way and he was never ungrateful He showed us how to suffer, find joy in the painful And then there came us, the object to every verb He spoke hope to the hurt when we was kicked to the curb Gave birth to the worth and saw the youth as the church The flock flourished in his courage cause he knew how to serve Now his legacy lives on, revolution has proved to prove Through the great Papa John Paul too. Yeah, the great one, new inspiration Poets, revelation, Catholic nation Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from Small for everyone, J.P. the great one Yeah, the great one, new inspiration Poets, revelation, Catholic nation Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from Small for everyone, J.P. the great one Listening to a special edition of Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM117, and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org/slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and that was Father Stan's song, co-written with Righteous B, The Great One. And that conversation with Father Stan first aired in April 2009. There is more of Father Stan coming up, but since we're sort of celebrating Pope John Paul II, here is a conversation I had with our Salt and Light executive producer, Father Thomas Rosica, about Pope John Paul II. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Pope John Paul II is perhaps most well-known for his World Youth Days. World Youth Day was always one of his favorite events. His love for young people was quite evident in 1979 at Madison Square Gardens when tens of thousands of teenagers were chanting, John Paul II, we love you. The Pope walks up to the microphone and shouts back, John Paul II, he loves you. Now, many of those young people have now grown up 
and become priests and religious themselves. And so we now have a whole John Paul II generation of priests. And I'm very happy to welcome Father Thomas Rosica, CEO of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation and my boss, to Salt and Light Radio to speak to us about the legacy of John Paul II. Hello, Father Tom. Hi, Pedro. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Father, you had the chance to meet John Paul II uh, several times. Now, what, do you, right. what, what do you remember most about him? What is the, the one thing that really sticks out from meeting him in person? Well, you know, each time we get around the time of the anniversary, as we are right now, what stands out is the, the towering figure that he was, not just for Catholics and Christians, but for the whole world. One of the most striking things was his love for young people, right. and the way that he always made a place for young people in his life, in his ministry, as priest, as Carol Wojtyla, and then as bishop, and then as pope, as the Bishop of Rome. Right. Now, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to date you, but you were a young man when uh, he was elected pope. Uh, were you already in the seminary, or not quite yet? I was in the university, in fact. It was 1978. I remember that October evening. I was driving home, second-year university in Rochester, New York, and the habemus papam, you know, so we sped home. Yes. We had just been through the previous month of all of that uncertainty after the death of Paul VI and right. the election and death of John Paul I. And I remember being amazed watching this non-Italian come out on the balcony and hearing that booming voice they called a man from a distant country. Uh-huh. And I, I, I was convinced at that moment something was changing with the whole picture. Something was changing with the way he spoke to the public, to the media. Uh, we had a young pope. So shortly after that, you did enter the seminary. How did his papacy influence your vocation and, and, and ultimately your priesthood? Well, he was really the pope of my whole formation. I do remember Pope Paul VI growing up in, in part of my university, but it was John Paul II and his teaching that really marked what we were studying, what we were doing, and I think it was his connection to the world, that the Church was not just serving itself, but it was serving the world. And he raised the bar in terms of bringing people's knowledge to big world issues. There was communism, which was one of the big threats that he was dealing with. Right. He dealt with the nuclear issues. The, the attempt on his life in 1981 really moved me. I was teaching at that point as a postulant in France. Okay. And I remember seeing it from that perspective and, and wondering, what on earth is happening here? This is a man of peace, and people tried to kill him. Uh-huh. And then how he pulled through all of that... He stood up to things he was not afraid. I think his voice, be not afraid, his, his words, don't be afraid, you know, stand up and take courage, were quite striking. Yeah. Um, just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this, at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Uh, I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and we're remembering Pope John Paul II with uh, Salt and Light CEO, Father Thomas Rosica. I'm glad you mentioned that phrase, be not afraid, Father Tom, because... Um, there are hundreds of other phrases that we remember him saying, lots of quotes, be not afraid, probably being the, the most well-known. What are some other things that you remember that, that he said, or what, what stands out for you most about his teachings? Well, one of the things that he developed was this whole phenomenon called World Youth Days, which, right. above and beyond the big rallies of gathering together millions of young people, it was a very big response to the solitude and loneliness that young people are living in many parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And he used those as a primary school of evangelization, of teaching, and as a bold witness to a world that often excludes God. And I think we still have a lot to learn in mining the depths of the World Youth Days, the catechetical method, the introduction of young people to the scriptures, 
the presence of the pastors of the Church, the bishops at those events. Uh, that was one thing. Another thing for which he will be remembered, for which I'm very grateful to him, is his whole outreach to the Jewish people. Right. The image of him at the Western Wall and that historic visit in March 2000 will remain with me all of my years. Mm-hmm. I had lived in, in Jerusalem, and knowing the significance of that holy place, and seeing a pope go there and ask forgiveness, putting that letter in the wall and, and praying, uh, that was a very powerful symbol. Right. Let me just go back to World Youth Day, since, I mean, you're very, you're, you're very familiar with that event, as, as am I. And I think I heard this from you, Father Tom, that, that Pope John Paul II was, had been heard saying that World Youth Days was not so much to evangelize the youth, but to evangelize the bishops. What do you right. think he meant by that? <laughs> That's right. He often said it was for the evangelization and the conversion of young people and of their priests and their bishops. And I think it's a very, very valid point. You know, because it's difficult from the perspective of priest and bishop when you're dealing with administration with some of the heavy issues and difficulties, we lose that energy, that enthusiasm, that dynamism. We lose hope. Mm-hmm. And I think World Youth Days brought many priests back to their core. It certainly brought many bishops back to their fundamental role of teachers, teachers of the Word of God, yeah. through those catechesis moments. Uh, it was a brilliant exercise that John Paul II offered to people. He offered a model of how to be a pastor. Right, and it's certainly one of his his main legacies. Now, if you could find the one thing, what do you think is the legacy of this great pope? If, if you can find one, maybe two or three. John Paul II was a witness to Jesus Christ, and he was a witness to hope. All of his encyclicals, all of his letters, his homilies, his teaching, he gave witness to hope in a world where despair seemed to be gaining some strength and force. And he told people that they're not alone. He brought the Church on the road to the extremities of the earth. Mm-hmm. It was not just the home office on the Tiber, but he brought the Church into every possible situation through those 104 apostolic trips, those journeys to the various countries. And he helped us to understand what it means to be Catholic. It means to be universal in our perspective. Well, it's certainly... a uh a happy time as we remember his work and his life. Father Tom, thank you so much for sharing your memories of John Paul II with us. Thanks, and God bless you all. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Brazilian priest Father Thomas Rosica, Chief Executive Officer of the Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. This is a special edition of Salt and Light Radio. That conversation with Father Thomas Rosica first aired in April 2009. Here now is another song by Father Stan in honor of John Paul II, I'm Loving You. I'm missing you. I'm on mission with you. I want to do like you. Make me be like you. Be 16, be with you. Living extreme like you. We need more like you I'm loving you I'm missing you I'm on mission with you I wanna do like you Make me be like you B16B with you Living extreme like you Yo, we need more like you JP, I'm loving you In the first days that you was gone There was a void in my heart Dark like the dawn There you was helping me Not to be withdrawn Pushing me to move on With energy, purpose and determination Like you did With the courage of the heroes of the Polish nation With no hesitation you went deep into the greatness of your vocation Loving you I'm missing you, I'm on mission with you I wanna do like you, make me be like you B16B with you, living extreme like you Yo, we need more like you 
embrace and taste the bitter and the sweet in the state of grace. Now you in that better, most blessed place. Help us with your prayers to keep pace with the light shining from the master's face. Making all things new. JP, love you. I'm missing you. I'm on mission with you. I wanna do like you. Make me be like you. Be 16 B with you. Living in street like you. Yo, we need more like you. JP, I'm loving you. Pray for us. Order from Nobis. Make this my business. Not being afraid when the question rises. What is this? But rather ready me. Steady me. To be deeply in this joyfully. Over the long haul with love to the end. Taking others with me. So that when I'm gone, they'll miss me like I miss you. What I gotta do, JP, loving you. I'm missing you, I'm on mission with you. I wanna do like you, make me be like you. Be 16 B with you, living in street like you. Yo, we need more like you. I'm loving you. I'm missing you, I'm on mission with you. I wanna do like you, make me be like you. Be 16 B with you, living in street like you. Yo, we need more like you. I'm loving you. I'm missing you, I'm on mission with you. I wanna do like you, make me be like you. Be 16 B. That was Father Stan's song, I'm Loving You. This is a special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Here now is a conversation with Father Stan Fortuna from January 2010. Hi, this is Father Tim Devine, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159, XM 117. Father Stan Fortuna is a Catholic priest and a Franciscan friar of the Renewal. He is also a musician and songwriter. And although Father Stan is known internationally for his music as well as for his powerful preaching, he lives in the South Bronx where he serves that community with his fellow Franciscan brothers. And uh, Father Stan has just published a new book, You Got to Love. This is a book that follows two of his other books, You've Got to Pray and You've Got to Believe. And Father Stan joins me now on the phone. Hello, Father Stan. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Nice to nice to have you on the program. Finally, it's been uh, too long. Last yeah, it's been a while. It's wow, it's good to good to talk to you again. It'd yeah, good to see you too in Toronto. I think next week. Yes, last uh, I last time I spoke to you, I was trying to remember because last time I spoke to you, I'm pretty sure that we spoke about you got to pray and you got to believe. Right. So so before we talk about the new book, why why are those two books important? Why was it important for you to 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 write them and in the format that you wrote them? Well, I mean, I never considered myself an author, you know, and the, and the people from the publishing house that kind of came to me and said, hey, we'd like for you to do a book. And it was a funny thing because uh, I had a dream like two weeks before they called me and uh, I got a title of a book and I had an outline. I just got up and wrote it down, you know, and so I said to the guys, well, I don't have any manuscripts, and uh, but I had a, a, an outline and a title and I sent it to him and he asked me to give him a sample. And so I started working on it because they just wanted, uh, they wanted something for young people and for everybody, really, that would be uh, something that could be an introductory level into the just the fullness of uh, the Catholic faith, you know. So uh, okay. that was geared towards young people, but also for everybody. So that you know that came out to be a "You Got to Believe," which is loaded with uh, citations from the Catechism and Scripture, and it's sending you all this cross-reference stuff, and it's just really good information, and, and that's very accessible to a lot of people yeah. in a way that's intelligible to modern sensibilities, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and even the way that it's written, the language that you use, uh, like you got to believe, the letter U got the number two, believe. Right, um, to believe, right. And the, the book reads like I talk, you know, it sounds, it sounds like the book comes from New York. <laughs> and the language that young people use, I mean, this is the how they text. Um, uh, and, and would you say that you got to pray? Is, is, is it a follow-up? Is it uh, it, it's meant to go with it? It, I mean, sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> faith and prayer. I mean, of course. It yeah. Is, you know, I mean, how you know the the faith needs to be sustained. You know, like we, you got to eat. You know, and I mean, yeah. so so prayer is, uh, is not only the content of what we pray, but the method of how we pray. You know, how we eat is important in order to get the nourishment. You know, I mean, and uh, so to follow up to that was uh, you got to pray 100 prayers for daily living in modern culture. Right. And because uh, there's one com- there comes a point when you know okay all the intellectual stuff which is necessary and the and the the way that reasons fu- reason functions with belief all of a sudden has to just find its spot and sit and then you pray and then the stuff goes deep into your heart and then it just not only just you know influences your life but actually gives shape to your life so prayer is the power where that happens you know right now. You, now, okay, so th- so then the third book you got to love because yeah. I would think that sometimes a lot of people start with love and that leads them to believe and pray, but you're suggesting I don't know. Oh no, no, I'm not. Su- I'm not suggesting anything because the back book was first that it's most okay. important, or one thing leads that God is free to do exactly whatever He wants to do, however He uh, wants yeah. to do it, and okay. when He wants to do it. Okay. So it's just uh, it's just the way that it happened. But at, at the end of the day, you know, there's there's faith, there's hope, there's prayer, and there's love, and the greatest of all these things is love. You know? Yes. So uh, and recently, my own personal life, I've been meditating and memorizing one John chapter three verse fourteen. Hmm. You know, he that loves not abides in death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so you got to believe so that you can pray so that you can love. Because if you don't love, you're in big trouble. Yeah, you know? powerful. You can believe powerful. all you want, you can pray all you want, but if you're not loving, ninety nine. <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. Uh, all these things. If you don't have love, if you don't have love, you're but a clanging symbol. Yeah, and a noisy, um, noisy, noisy gong. Actually. <laughs> so, so what are your hopes for this book? Again, it's written for young, mainly for young people. But uh, I, well, I, mean, I, I mean, you know, the publisher likes to think that it's targeted for mainly for young people. But I got news for you. This, this especially this one, more than the other two, the adults are loving it. I agree know? with it because I was looking through it. Uh, and reading bits of it, uh, mm. um, and and the same, I thought if I was fourteen, I don't know if I'd get half of this. But oh, uh, believe me, let me tell you, the young people, uh, they 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 get it. Yeah. You know? See, because that's the thing. A lot of people think they got to dumb down to young people and uh-huh. it's insulting to them, uh-huh. and it's also insulting to the adults who are doing it because it makes them look kind of foolish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To dumb stuff down to young people, I did. And then people sometimes clergy feel like they got to dumb down to the laity. You know, John Paul was never about none of that. No. When John, you read some of the things that John Paul wrote for young people, man, and and, and like. You know, ph- philosophers and theologians sit there and stumble. John Paul gave the young people the best that was uh, that was uh, in his heart, and uh, and him being my my teacher and my model and my hero, uh, I, I'm I'm doing like him. Yeah. So you know, if, if uh, so, that's that's and this book is all about him. Matter of fact, Cardinal Jevic yes. you know, was good enough to write the the, the forward to it, and uh, yes, and uh, and so like as as goes John Paul. Those tries to go me, especially yeah, through yeah. His, the prayers and the intercession of our new venerable. <laughs> yeah, great no, that's no, so that's awesome. great, and what an honor to have Cardinal. So, of course, for people that might not know, Cardinal Jivis was the longtime personal assistant of Pope John Paul II, yeah. and now he's Cardinal in uh, almost forty years. Yeah, amazing. Anyway, a note for anyone joining us at this point: if you don't know what you're listening, the program is Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and we're speaking with Father Stan Fortuna about his his newest book. Um, 
I'm excited just listening to you talk. I mean, I have the book, but I'm excited about listening to you talk about it. So I hope our listeners also are excited. Um, now, I, I, I don't want to leave you without talking a little bit about your music. Yeah. Because I don't uh, know if you're working on anything new. I know that there's at least one new song. Yeah, um, I got a whole new CD coming out, hopefully in the in the early spring this okay. year. And it's called Seraphic Wanderer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's Seraphic Wanderer sounds yeah. like Enya. What, what, what's that referred to? Well, Seraphic is refers to the fire of the seraphim, which is referred to St. Francis, who's the seraphic father, oh. you know, and as a son of St. Francis. And then the wanderer is one who is a pilgrim, and has a great quotation uh, for, that's going to be on the very, very opening uh, instrumental track where I read this quotation from John Paul, where he kind of defines what a wanderer is, because essentially saying that in this world we have no final resting place, and, and, we, and we, we, we journey through life as a pilgrim, as a wanderer, you know, until we get to our final destination, you know, and so, and part of the reason for this title was because my computer crashed <laughs> in the Bronx, and I wound up recording it here, there, and everywhere as a real okay, pilgrim so on the road, so I figured, well, the recording of this album was the way that I try to live my life, and essentially the way that everybody lives their life, even if you lock down securely with your house and all the things that you think you need, we still on a journey you know so okay great so looking forward to to, to that one um uh, we're going to play uh, one of the songs that it that, um everything will be all right that is from this new album that's coming yeah and yeah. and that song is based on psalm 30 36 right yeah psalm 36 yeah there was a couple of lines from that song that got the chorus going yeah nice so so looking forward to hear that so thank you so much father stan um nice to talk to you again yeah great and, good and to speak let's with you, not go so long without speaking brother absolutely just pick up the phone okay well um, that was Father Stan Fortuna. He was on tr- in uh, he was in Toronto today for a book release and signing at Pauline Books and Media. He's promoting his new book, You Got to Love. If you want to know, or if you want more information about Father Stan's ministry, about his music, his books, his schedule, go to his website, francescoproductions.com. That's Francesco with a C, Francesco, francescoproductions.com. All the information you need is there. And now here, as promised, is one of his newest songs from the album that's coming out, Seraphic Wanderer, the song based on Psalm 36, everything will be all right. I want to feast on the riches of your house. I want to swim in the stream of your delight. I want to plunge into the mystery of your love. Then I know everything will be all right. I want to feast on the riches of your house. I want to swim in the stream of your delight I want to plunge into the mystery of your love Then I know everything will be alright
wanna feast on your riches. Yes, I do. With the love of the chosen few, like crazy glue. That's how I got to stick to you. I wanna sing to you, give every dimension of my life to you. Free my limbs for me to swim in the stream of your delight. To plunge into the mystery of your love. Then I know that everything will be alright. I come ready for you to ignite and light the fire of your love to make me shine. Cause what's yours is mine and mine is yours. Let love burn enough for me to die for the cause. Like Jesus walking through closed doors. No more wars. All the laws are summed up in love. Yeah, you'll be alright. I wanna feast on the riches of your house. I wanna swim in the stream of your delight. I wanna plunge into the mystery of your love. Then I know everything will be alright. I wanna feast on the riches of your house. I wanna swim in the stream of your delight. Into the mystery of your love Then I know everything will be alright I wanna feast on the riches of your house Feed on the riches of I your house I wanna swim in the stream of your delight Swim in the stream of your delight I wanna plunge into the mystery of your love The mystery of your love to then take I know me away Then will be alright Then I know that everything will be alright I wanna feast on the riches of your house The riches of Well, that concludes this special edition of Salt and Light Radio. We just heard Father Stan Fortuna with his song based on Psalm 36, Everything Will Be All Right, from his album Seraphic Wanderer. And before that, a conversation with Father Stan that was first broadcast in January 2010. Remember that you can podcast all our programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and you can send us messages to radio at saltandlighttv.org. And Salt and Light Radio is part of the Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. Our website, saltandlighttv.org, 
has all the information you need to know if you're curious about what we do, our television programming, our documentaries, and other media resources. We are also a charitable foundation, and so we rely on your support. If you like what you hear, send me an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org, to find out how you can support our ministry. But most importantly, keep us in your prayers, because without prayers, we can do nothing. Our executive producer is Father Thomas Rosica. Our sound engineer is Javier Capella. And I'm your host, Pedro Guevara Man. Talk to you next week. And thank you for listening to Salt and Light Radio. Salt and Light Radio.